Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be eternal perspective. Let's begin in Isaiah chapter 55. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader, and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found. Call ye upon him, while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not tiver, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. In this chapter, we find the importance of perspective. Having the right perspective can greatly help us in our walk with Christ. Perspective is defined as a noun, meaning a particular attitude towards, or way of regarding something, a point of view, a true understanding of the relative importance of things, a sense of proportion. Perspective goes beyond attitude, and it goes beyond focus. It's the way that we see things, and the way that we perceive them in relation to our understanding of them. 
Perspective is an underlying theme of Isaiah chapter 55. In the second verse, it says, Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? We find that the people of Judah were spending their resources on things that were not what they needed, things that were not truly important. The problem was that they were lacking the right perspective. In our culture today, we are faced with a very similar issue. Our two greatest resources are time and money, and our perspective is directly correlated to how we spend them. The difference between these two resources is their nature. Money is renewable. You can always make more of it. While on the other hand, you can never make more time. Time is a non-renewable resource. Time is your most important and most valuable resource because of its non-renewable nature. What you spend your time and money on says a lot about you because it shows what you put a value on. If you put a value on the things of God, you will in turn spend your time and money on those things. The reason that many don't bother to go to church or to give is because they put no value on God and on the things of God. As Christians, we must be careful of how and where we spend our resources. What we value is part of our perspective. Our valuing of something is how we see it, and we understand or perceive things in relation to their value and importance in our life. Spending our resources is the outward manifestation of the perspective within us. The first verse says, Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. God is calling us to have the right perspective, to put value on the right things in life, and to spend our resources on the things that truly matter in our life. Verses 2 and 3 say, Hearken diligently unto me, and do ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. We find a few very important lessons from this passage. First, we find that we are commanded twice to listen. Our perspective, if right, is rooted in the word of God and flows from our inward communion with God, speaking to and hearing from him. When we are communing with God, even more important than speaking to him is listening. James 1 and 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. It's by listening that we receive wisdom from God, and it's our wisdom and understanding that inform our perspective. A second lesson that we can gather is that our perspective comes from our soul. When our spirit is in control of our being, it informs our soul. Our perspective is rooted in the spiritual, but exercised in the natural. Having the right perspective, one that's rooted in God and in his word, is health and life to our soul, which is our mind and will and emotions. The reason that we find so many miserable, fearful, depressed people today is because their perspective is skewed. Instead of rooting their perspective in the spiritual, they root it in the natural. And because of this, it constantly changes with the changes that we see going on around us in the natural realm. If things in the natural are getting worse, their perspective gets worse. And if things in the natural are getting better, their perspective gets better. But change constantly occurs. Change becomes the rule instead of the exception. 
When we have our perspective rooted in the spirit, it should stay constant, no matter our environment or the circumstances going on around us. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 say, I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Paul didn't allow his circumstances to control his perspective. He allowed his perspective to influence how he saw and understood his circumstances. This is how we are able to have joy and peace and hope in the midst of all the different seasons of life that we go through. Isaiah 55 and 3 said, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. The key word here is everlasting. Since we are born again, we now have everlasting life. We need to keep our perspective rooted in that fact. Things that we do here on earth have an everlasting consequence. They affect more than just the here and now. Little things that we may think don't mean much here will produce effects that will be felt throughout all of eternity. We must have an eternal perspective. Life goes far beyond the grave that we encounter here on earth. What is the end for some is just the beginning for us. We must also note that when speaking of the mercies of David, Isaiah says that they are sure mercies. Sure means that they are absolutely secure and can't be taken away. This is the result of the everlasting covenant we made with the Lord when we were born again and saved. When we have the mercies stored up for us that the enemy can never steal from us, we can rest assured on the promises of God's word and trust him through it all. Verse 6 of Isaiah 55 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Our perspective comes from seeking the Lord and communing with him. This verse is showing us the importance of seeking after God and getting our perspective right while we have the chance, while God is near. James 4 and 8 says, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. If we want God to be near to us, we need to spend time and put forth the effort to get near to him. We find a similar verse to that in Isaiah, in Matthew 6 and 33, which says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God is teaching us some things about perspective in this verse. We see the priority of attending to God and to his things first, before anything else. He is showing us that God, his word, and his righteousness need to hold the most value and have the most importance in our life. Our perspective must keep the things of God as primary to all else and apply value accordingly. Once we do this, we see that everything else that we value and place importance on in life will be given to us. God adds these things to us because he is our provider. Having a perspective that leaves out the provision of God and doesn't view him as our sole provider is a perspective that is not rooted in his righteousness because provision for his creation is part of what makes him a righteous God. In the eighth and ninth verses, we find that God's ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. We learn from this that when we have our perspective rooted in God's word, a key element that must be present is trust. Romans 8.28 tells us, All things work together 
for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. When we understand this and put our faith and trust totally in God, knowing that his wisdom infinitely exceeds our own, and that all is taken care of because of his love for us, it frees us from the burden of worry. We can give the burden to Christ. We're freed from having to be anxious about what's going to happen to us next and what awaits us in the future because God has already worked it out for our good. This changes our perspective and brings it into line with God's perspective if we allow it to. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This means that we also in turn need to have the things that come with the mind of Christ. One of those being his perspective. We need to allow our perspective to be continually changed and renewed into a closer image of his perspective, just as we do our minds. This all starts with believing his word, spending time with God, and getting to know him for ourselves. We are told in verse 11 of Isaiah 55 that when the word of God goes forth, it never returns void. When we begin to have an eternal perspective, the most important thing in our life after God and his word becomes the desire to lead others to Christ because in doing so we are able to help lead them away from spending an eternity apart from God. When we give the word of God to others, it will not always be met with joy and gladness. In the vast majority of cases, it will be quite the opposite. People won't want to hear it or will think it's not important. This can easily become discouraging to Christians because the desire within us is for them to not only hear the word, but to accept it and to let it change their lives. Although discouragement is a real and a natural feeling for us to experience, we cannot allow that to influence our perspective. We must understand that anytime we give the word of God, even if there doesn't seem to be a change on the outside, and even if we can't tell it in the natural, the word goes down into that person's spirit and the seed is planted. It always has an effect, even if it can't be detected outwardly. The word never returns void, and never means absolutely never. Every time the word is given, it spreads and produces fruit. It's impossible for it not to because the word by nature is a life-giving force that is full of life-sustaining power. The devil can try to steal the word from people's hearts, but the fruit that the word produces and leaves behind stays and grows within that person's spirit. The 12th and 13th verses make clear to us that if we have the right perspective, it opens us up to receive joy and peace from God. What's meant for evil towards us will be made good, and these will be everlasting signs to us that won't be cut off. We can't work for these things ourselves or buy them. We can only receive them as gifts from God. These gifts are eternal in nature because God, the giver, is eternal. And God has promised us that once we have received these gifts, the enemy will never be able to steal them from us. These are the fruits and the rewards that come from having the right perspective operating in our life. Having the right perspective is far beyond being optimistic or pessimistic. Those are just two extremes at opposite ends of the spectrum. We must stay rooted in God's word so that we can have a positive, hopeful outlook that understands the realities in front of us and their implications, but trust God because what we see in the world around us is only a part of the story. We also have an eternity ahead of us. Having the right perspective can change everything. 
our perspective must be eternal. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, beginning in the sixth verse. It says, He spake also this parable, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. This parable that Jesus told tells us a lot about perspective. The owner of the vineyard saw a fig tree that no longer served any practical purpose. It was just taking up space, not bearing any fruit. And thus it should have been removed. But the dresser of the vineyard saw it differently. He had a different perspective. He saw that the tree didn't have to be cut down, that there was still potential. It would just take some work. This parable shows us two different types of Christians that we find in the world today. People today see the direction that the world is headed in and think that it's all over and nothing will ever get any better. But we as Christians, the people of God, with an eternal perspective, know that in the end we win and that as long as the church is still here, that there is still potential for this world. The only way things will be all over for the world is if we cut down the tree of possibilities. If we take the time to attempt to make things better, there will still be a chance that the world will improve. If we keep the right perspective, we can make a difference and change things. It is never over until God says it's over. The world doesn't need hopeless, miserable Christians. They are like the owner of the vineyard who saw no good in his trees. We need to be the joyful, hopeful Christians who are like the vine dresser who saw potential, even in a situation that seemed like a lost cause. There are never lost causes with God. God specializes in making a way where there seems to be no way. Sometimes God lets things get to a place where it seems like they're at a point of no return to the natural eye. He does this because when he makes things right, man won't be able to take any of the credit, and God will get all the glory. Let's make the decision today to have the right perspective, an eternal perspective, not one rooted in doom and gloom, but one rooted in joy and in hope. This will only be the end if we let it be. It could be the beginning of something great and wonderful if we see the opportunity in the midst of the danger and the possibility in the midst of the chaos. It was once said that the road that is built in hope is more pleasant to the traveler than the road built in despair, even though they both lead to the same destination. It's our choice to decide what perspective we want to live with. But as the people of God called out for his peculiar purpose, we should desire for our perspective to be changed into his perspective. That's when real eternal change for the better will take place. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word and for revelation from your word. Lord, we thank you that we can have the mind of Christ operating in our lives. And Lord, we give you our perspective that you can change it into your perspective. Lord, we deeply desire to operate in the right eternal perspective, one that puts the importance and the value on the right things in life. Lord, teach us what's truly important, what to truly value, Lord. We thank you for all the resources that you've given us, Lord. And we thank you most especially for the time that you've given us 
in this great world that you have made, Lord God. And Lord, help us to use our resources and especially our time in the right way and teach us the eternal perspective by your spirit within us. And Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And Lord, we ask that you get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to have an eternal perspective and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and about this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.